Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 328. This time I do have a couple of things to talk about, but not anything uh, super in-depth. And that is Destiny 2's sort of relaunch with a new light slash shadow keep. And I will also ramble a little bit about a card game I've gotten into lately, Magic the Gathering Arena. And that's it for this time. Hopefully... You'll enjoy the show. So I am recording this on Wednesday, and Destiny 2's relaunch happened on Tuesday, during which there were a lot of issues and the server was down uh, quite a bit. So in total, I've only had about 10 hours to play. So I don't have any sort of uh, official notes, and I haven't made any kind of uh, serious sort of analysis of uh, what's going on and what's available for uh, free-to-play people versus uh, people who are paying. I just got sort of a a brief glimpse of the new uh, systems and sort of messed around a little bit, saw uh, what I could see and what I could gather. I did listen to the musical score on YouTube. Uh, They posted it the other day before launch, uh, so I figured I may as well do that since I don't have much else to do. And it was pretty good. It was very uh, Destiny-like. Uh, as you would expect it to be. They all sound pretty similar. This one has a little bit, I guess you could say darker, but also old-school feel to it, uh, because Shadowkeep takes place on the moon, so there's a lot of sort of throwbacks to some of their very early soundtracks in terms of it sounded very similar uh, to Destiny 1's launch, uh, because a lot of that uh, took place on the moon uh, before they started focusing on other uh, planets and moved sort of away from there. The game doesn't start you out quite at the moon, at least I don't think so. I came in with pre-existing characters, so I haven't gone through uh, any kind of new tutorial that might exist yet. I was kind of planning on doing that, but I didn't do it uh, yet before recording. I did get uh, a sort of tutorial slash introduction to the line that will follow Eris, who is the NPC on the moon, that took me quite a bit to get through. I was kind of surprised at how long uh, of an intro quest that was because most of the intro quests for Destiny 2 have historically been really, really short and, you know, like 15 minutes and you're done. This one felt like it was quite a bit longer. I would guess maybe it was, you know, probably not enormous. It was probably only like about half an hour to get through. But it did feel like there was quite a bit more lore and quite a bit more setup as to what was going on and why it was going on and who is Eris and what is she doing back. Of course, not a ton is revealed because they do expect you to go through her quest line in Shadowkeep. And that's, you know, the big deal for uh, the content of that. But the thing that made me the most happily surprised was 
it is basically all accessible to somebody like me who has not paid for Shadowkeep. Normally with expansions, you get sort of a prequel quest in a different location, or if you do get it in a location that's sort of in a special side location. This actually all took place, uh, it looked like a specially instanced zone, but it was uh, in the moon. And after I completed that intro quest, I actually had full access to the moon. Previously in expansions, and this is one of the things that really upset me uh, about how they handled uh, downloadable content before, was that if you didn't have the expansion, you couldn't even come to that planet slash activity slash zone at all. You didn't get any kind of real preview of it. But here, I had full access to the moon. I could go anywhere. I did all of the special region chests, as they call them. I tried to go into the uh, bus sectors, but I was kind of lower powered, so they were kind of kicking my butt. The restart starts you at light level 750, and a lot of the moon activities are kind of closer to 820 light level, which I just left uh, my game, and I, I think it was like 825. So I was still, you know, leveling up while I was checking out uh, the lost sectors and such, and getting my butt handed to me quite a bit, so I didn't go in those too much. But the fact that you have access to the whole zone, the lost sectors, the public activities, all of that is truly amazing and makes me very, very happy. Another big change they've added is that even if you don't go to the new area, which apparently you can now, wherever you go, whatever you do, your gear will pretty much constantly increase in light level. The way it was previously was you know, similar to not letting people into the zone for the DLC, all of the new sort of leveling happened in that new zone. Now you can level up wherever you are. So when they add a new zone, if you can go there or not, you'll still be able to get light levels and progress your character as if you could go to the new zone. And again, that was one of those big issues I had because prior to this, when I was playing in Forsaken last, and I was like, well, I don't want to pay for the Black Armory or the Gambit, uh, whatever the season of the Gambit was that I had, like, no interest in. I didn't have money slash want to pay for those, and since I wasn't in the most recent areas, I was literally only gaining a couple of light levels a week compared to, you know, getting bunches and bunches of light. Right before I got Forsaken... I was in a similar position where I was getting almost no light levels. And then right when I got Forsaken, what was, you know, one or two light levels a week suddenly changed to boom. You know, I was getting drops that were 15, 20 levels higher. And it was like, wow, this is really ridiculous. So now that won't happen anymore. You will get an even uh, leveling curve no matter where you are, no matter what content you have, which is very welcoming and a much needed change. One other new big change with this uh, season pass, as they have previously called it, is they're adding seasonal levels. Now, these seasonal levels will act in, I guess, a similar way to what a lot of other games are currently calling a battle pass. You have a track for free players like me, and you'll get, you know, X thing when you reach Y level in your. Uh, seasonal progression. 
I think so far I've gotten up to rank 5 uh, in 10 hours played, so that's you know roughly one uh, seasonal rank per two hours as a solo player. Uh, maybe, you know, if you're in a group, you'll be getting experience faster, and that will go much faster. But if I were uh, somebody who had Shadowkeep and thus had the season pass, there's a second track of rewards, so I would also be unlocking, you know, the season pass uh, reward level uh, 1 through 5 because I've gotten the first 5 levels. So those of you familiar with uh, that sort of battle pass system, looks like that's what they're doing now. And I think that's probably part of why uh, they've given you access to the new zone and changed the leveling system. Because now there's something additional to sort of encourage you to uh, basically subscribe to the game. And again, this is a very welcome and uh, good change that I'm very happy with. I am totally happy with getting uh, stuff for free as a free player, but encouraged to go ahead and get that battle pass slash subscription as opposed to before where it's like oh you didn't buy the most recent expansion well get out we don't want you around you know because that's how i felt uh before you know with the complete total lockout of content and lockout of acquisition of light levels you know it didn't at all feel fair before now it feels totally fair it feels totally good there's plenty for me to do in the new area even though i haven't uh, you know, bought access to everything. Again, I've only had 10 hours uh, played, and only about half of that was actually on the moon. Uh, the other half was me getting up to, I think it's light level 780 is where you get access to the moon. The only thing I've seen that I don't have access to, uh, besides those seasonal rewards I just mentioned, is Eris's quest line. Uh, you only get the intro quest. She won't basically talk to you after that. I mean, you can see her as a vendor, but she, she won't talk to you, basically. Because she has lots of bounties and other quests she would give you uh, if you did have that Shadowkeep uh, content unlocked. Now, supposedly they are going to unlock that in the future uh, for free-to-play players like me. Uh, you know, unless I happen to get the extra 40 bucks from somewhere. So, I don't know uh, how long, uh, you know, that will take to unlock I'm hoping it's within a year. Uh, that seems totally fair. If they're going with seasons and they're doing three seasons a year, it wouldn't surprise me if they did something less than a year and maybe, you know, two seasons would go by. So that would mean it would be blocked for about, you know, eight months. Again, that would be totally fair, you know, to wait uh, eight months to see that content in entirety, you know, since I'm already seeing uh, the majority of it. So again, uh, as a free player who does not have Shadowkeep, I don't know, uh, you know, the exact differences. I will continue uh, to investigate it and continue to see how I feel, you know, as a quote-unquote free player currently. Because it does seem like I have access to quite a bit. I do have access to uh, lots of stuff that I didn't have access to before in terms of, you know, progressing alongside of those people who do have you know, that extra content. You know, I don't seem quite as held back as before. And there's all the new, you know, Armor 2.0 system to check out, which I guess I will briefly mention. I don't think it's worth uh, getting too into because if you're a new player, uh, you won't know a previous system. And if you're an existing player, you probably have read up on it quite a bit. But the changes to the armor, 
are that now there are more stats you can sort of build towards. You have to look for uh, specific pieces to have, you know, sort of the traits you want, as well as, I guess, certain pieces are attuned certain ways. That would be Arc, Solar, and Void uh, currently. Maybe they might add uh, more stuff in the future. But I guess those uh, somehow relate to how you can personalize them. I'm not looking too deeply into that system yet, because I know, you know, it's not going to matter because every, you know, half hour or so I'm upgrading all of my stuff entirely because I'm still leveling up in light levels. I figure probably around light level 850 to 900, I will give that a more serious look. Because 950 is the point where you're going to slow down quite a bit. And like I said, after 10 hours played, I'm, I'm just barely to 820. So I'm probably looking at, you know, another 10 hours uh, before I'll start looking seriously at uh, what my gear can do. But apparently there's quite a bit of ways to find gear that is more tailored towards the stats you want. As well as now they have sort of specialization slots where you can further uh, tweak what the gear does. Like I just peeked at it very, very briefly and I put uh, sort of hand cannon reload speed on my arms and then on my chest I think it was they put I forget what their term for it is but when I get hit I don't uh, get wiggled around <laughs> quite so much when I'm aiming my hand cannon because with certain explosions or certain impacts you'll sort of get jostled and I, I tweaked my chest so that that happens a little bit less uh, of an impact so there's all kinds of little things like that I think I've heard there are a ton of specialization things uh, to tweak, so you can really get into sort of customizing towards your style. But again, that's not something I'm going to check out uh, until later. And I expect, you know, three weeks from now, uh, when I do another podcast, I'll probably go uh, more in-depth into that. The changes to weapons don't seem quite as huge as the changes to armor. The weapons still look pretty much like they did before. There are a little bit of uh, tweaks here and there, but nothing uh, super different uh, looking about them. Upgrading stuff is all um, both easier and more complex. Upgrading weapons is super easy now. Upgrading the armor gets a little bit more complex because it's a much more complex system and a complex uh, way to upgrade them. Again, I'll, I'll look into that uh, in the coming weeks. But if you ever thought of picking up Destiny 2, uh, either on PC or PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, uh, definitely check it out because now uh, you can get that free to play New Light content. Check it out, see if you like it, and then consider you know what it is that you don't have access to and do you actually want to pay for that uh, access to that thing. But I would highly recommend it since it's free to check out. I don't know quite yet if I would recommend the 40 buck purchase for uh, the Season Pass and Shadowkeep. Like I said, I haven't quite figured out what is and what is not behind that paywall. Seems a little bit pricey if we estimate that that's three times a year. And they go anything close to what they've done before, you know, that first payment would be 40 bucks and then the next ones would be 15 bucks each that's still you know 70 bucks a year minimum to keep 100 percent current which you know is 
very fair now looking at what you get and what you get for free. And that is, you know, looking at it sort of as a subscription. And this is what subscribers get versus what you get for free. Looks a lot more fair than it did before. But, you know, for somebody like me, that's quite a lot to invest in a game. You know, considering that it's just going to go on. Um, technically, indefinitely, though, you know, they had a 10-year plan and they're year three into it. So it won't go on uh, forever. But, you know, as something that is a yearly fee, you know, you have to consider, do I want to be a free person or do I want to pay that uh, extra money? But the base core of it, again, is free. And they have cross-save, which I guess will be important to some, but not uh, important to everybody. It gets a little bit complex in what purchases do and do not cross the line. But basically, you can, say, play on PC when you're you know, just by yourself. Or if you have friends on maybe PlayStation 4, you can also jump onto your PlayStation 4 and play with your friends. And your character, you know, will still be your same character. So that is really cool. Again, it gets a little weird with what is and is not unlocked on the different things. Because you have to unlock the different things on the different systems. So like if you wanted to do a Shadowkeep raid both on PC and PlayStation 4. I know for certain you would need to pay to unlock it on both of those. But if you just want to do some regular PvP stuff... Uh, I'm pretty sure that falls into the realm of the free stuff. And so you wouldn't have to pay for anything on either system. And your character progress, you know, would carry over. And you could be with your friends uh, wherever, on whatever system. So again, uh, you know, free to play, free to check out. Uh, you might want to check out all the things for yourself if you've been considering it. Magic the Gathering Arena is a digital version of the Magic the Gathering card game. I guess technically they've only recently considered themselves released. I have been in what they've called beta for years, it feels like. I actually asked support to let me know just how old my account is uh, in terms of when I got in. They said when they transitioned to closed beta, they lost uh, track of all of the accounts like mine who sort of predated that so all we know is that I am as old as closed beta but I was in it I guess uh, before that so over the years I have played it and then uh, you know felt kind of meh and then left and stopped playing for six or eight months and then came back and checked it out again and then felt meh but maybe I guess about two weeks ago I picked it up again sort of right before they left uh closed beta to be now released with their newest expansion and this time I actually think it's pretty good. I've stuck around quite a bit. I've played I don't know how much I'd say probably about 20 hours and there's a couple of things that made it worth my time to stick around this time as opposed to before where I just kind of felt meh and then stopped playing. One of the biggest systems they have added 
is this mastery system, I think it's called, where you play games, you win matches, and you can play matches either against bots or against other players in sort of a not listed ranked mode. And then there's a ranked mode, and then there's actual tournaments. So there's lots of different ways to play. But as you play and you level up your account, you will unlock sort of this mastery track. And you have different options as to how you want to unlock it, because magic has five different colors. And so the different paths sort of follow each color. And so pretty quickly, uh, once you get down that path a little bit, you unlock a deck of that color. So you do that for each of the five colors, you pretty rapidly have you know, five different unlocked decks. And then if you follow the sort of hybrid paths, you can unlock five more decks. So very quickly, not counting lands, assuming it's you know roughly 40 cards each, that's very rapidly, you know, a few hundred cards you now have in your collection totally for free. And as you've been leveling up your account, you've also been getting wins, and those wins get you gold, as well as uh, sometimes single cards, but sometimes also just boosters. I think when I was leveling up my account in the earlier levels, I got a bunch of extra boosters. Past a certain point after you unlock those 10 uh, sort of basic core decks, getting boosters slows down quite a bit. I think now I only see a booster every, like, three account levels, but that's also because a new season just started, so they're kind of building up people's collections with the new uh, expansion that they just dropped. But as a free player, I now feel like it's in a really good position to give a new player quite a lot of cards and get you really interested in playing. I really haven't had any desire to spend any real money on it. They do have that sort of uh, battle pass system where your account levels up uh, for the season after you've hit, you know, your core mastery stuff. But, you know, if you pay for their seasonal pass thing, you also get seasonal rewards alongside your uh, regular leveling rewards. So there is sort of an incentive to, you know, pay for that special thing. And the cool thing is you can pay for that with gems, which if you play certain kind of tournaments, you can spend in-game gold and sort of, you know, indirectly convert them into gems. I've done two of those tournaments, and I'm, like, really bad at the tournaments. But it takes 5,000 in-game gold, which, if you do a few wins, about about four to six wins a day, that 5,000 gold will take you about three or maybe four days to build up. And then you enter a tournament with that money, and that tournament, uh, if you're really bad like me, you only get one or two wins, uh, you get, like, 100 gems I think for one win, and then I think it's a little bit more for two wins. But you can go all the way up to quite a bit of gems. I think the top one is about a thousand gems. And the season pass uh, sort of special unlock thing is, think, 3,500 gems. So if you're a decent player, you can play for free and get tons and tons and tons and tons of cards and special unlocks and the mastery and the special seasonal um, subscription thing has cute little pets you get to put on your board. There's one right now. It's a, a fey fox. And he's got like three tails and he's super cute. 
<laughs> and I like, oh, I want this cute little fox. But, you know, I don't have any gems. But I'm trying. And as a free player, that's really, really cool to see that, you know, if I'm good enough, if I try hard enough, if I play enough, I could very well unlock that, uh, you know, sort of reward track and get that little pet uh, totally for free. But I don't know. You know, I'm not that great a player. Uh, I did just barely get into sort of the lower tier of the rank track. But the reason why uh, I prefer Magic to other uh, digital card games is that it's not random. Uh, every card is you do X, you get Y. Period. End of story. There's no random. I think I've probably looked at more than a thousand cards, maybe like 1,500 cards total. And I've only seen one which had any kind of randomization in it. And it was something I think if it dies, it has a 50-50 chance to do an extra thing. But no other cards were like that. And so I think that's really a really, really, really rare exception that card has anything random like that. Magic has never been about randomness. It's always been about the puzzle of these cards can do this kind of thing. What kind of thing would you like your deck to do? And then when you're in a match with somebody, their deck does a thing, and can your deck, you know, beat slash counter that thing? So it's more like sort of a puzzle. You have all these pieces you can make uh, your puzzle from, and then you take it, you know, and you, uh, you know, fight somebody who has their own puzzle. So it's about puzzle solving and predictability you know your deck can do x is that you know good enough to beat somebody else's deck so that's partly why i've been getting kind of into it you know it's very predictable if you lose you pretty much know why you've lost and you can try and counter for it you know if you're like me you don't have a ton of cards so you don't have a ton of options but you know i am progressing in the free track uh, fast enough that i feel like you know i am getting more cards uh, quite often, so I'm getting more options, so I am, you know, in a better position to sort of take on uh, different challenges and have different strategies uh, with my decks. It is also the grandfather of collectible card games. Uh, as far as I know, they sort of uh, invented the whole genre, and this most recent set uh, very definitely has that sort of core feel that they had, you know, all this time, which I think is 25 years now. And so, you know, magic still very definitely feels like magic. It, it is very predictable. It's very uh, puzzle-based. You have your pieces you are working from. You make your deck, and off you go. So if you were ever into it, uh, maybe back in the day, or maybe you heard about it and you never got into it, Magic the Gathering Arena is totally free to play. Uh, you know, you can buy cards. But again, like I said, I've never really felt... Like, I needed to pay cards to be any kind of competitive. I am plenty competitive. I do uh, quite well in some situations. Uh, in some situations, I get my butt kicked. But, you know, I'm not the best at making strategies or memorizing, like, all the things. But, you know, I don't feel bad enough that I, you know, can't compete. I have my collection. And I feel like I have, you know, several options with my collection. And I feel like I do okay. So I would say if you were ever uh, interested in magic or heard about it or were into it back in the day, you might want to check it out. 
I believe it is only on PC currently. I think I heard them say they were working on Mac client and the mobile client, so that might come someday. But right now, it's just for PC. But again, it's free to play, so if you have any interest in it at all, uh, I would recommend you check it out. So that's it for this week's podcast. I'm feeling pretty sad because uh, I'm safe for the moment, but basically I'm out of money if I don't want to spend uh, any of my birthday money, which is reserved, you know, which I don't want to do. I want to keep the reserved money for what it's reserved for. And I only have, you know, a couple weeks of gas if that's the case. And, you know, October car payment is paid for, but once we get to November, uh, you know, it's no longer paid for. I have to worry about the November payment. So I'm basically out of money and uh, very desperately need money again. So I'm very worried and sad about that. Because I don't get uh, donations like I used to. I used to have a couple people who very regularly sent me a decent amount. And it wasn't, you know, enough to pay for all the things. But it was enough to pay for enough of the things that uh, critical costs were mostly covered. But that seems to not be happening lately, so I'm getting very worried uh, that I won't, you know, have support anymore. And then I don't know what will happen. I will be, you know, very sad. So help and donations uh, are always very much appreciated and very much needed. And I guess uh, in three weeks' time, I'll probably do a more uh, in-depth comment about Destiny 2's uh, relaunch. If I'm still playing it, how do I feel about it, you know, what content is missing, etc, etc. I don't know if I'll have anything else to talk about, but hopefully I'll see everybody then. Okay, thanks, bye. haven't been on Earth in centuries. That wizard came from the moon. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbit's ramblings dot html. When you type rabbits ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon 
at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright Eric Stryker using a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Derivatives License, 2019.